the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Now, dear ones, there are at least two things that I want for us to notice from this text here that we see in Luke. First, notice, dear ones, that in verse 17, because that servant was faithful over that which the master considered to be very little. The text tells us the master considered what he gave to him was very little. By him being faithful over that, he, he was rewarded for his faithfulness by being given authority over 10 entire cities. Now, now. The pound that we are referring to here, dear ones, is a a, a measure. It's referring to a measure of something. And in this particular instance, it's probably a measure of gold or silver or something. But regardless to what it is, it was considered by the master to be very little. He says it's very little. Now, in our eyes, we wouldn't have seen it that way. You give me a pound of gold, that's a whole bunch. You give me a pound of silver, that's a lot. We would consider it to be a lot. The master, though, considers it to be very little. It ain't nothing. It's no big thing. What I'm giving you is not that big of an issue. It's not that big. Don't make it more than it needs to be. Don't make it more than it needs to be. Don't make it something that is bigger than you think. Boy, it's such a heavy weight. It's such a heavy burden for me to carry. Don't make it bigger than it needs to be. The master considers it to be very little. Lord have mercy. And what this helps us to see, dear ones, is that our faithfulness in this life over the responsibilities that the Lord gives to us, even though we consider them to be large and heavy and difficult to bear, the Lord considers them to be very little. And he will reward us in eternity by giving us even greater responsibilities. We're thinking, Lord, I can't bear this weight. It's so hard. It's so heavy. I can't carry it, Lord. Lord says, that's little. That's very little. I I, I just put a little on you. I just ask you to do a little bit for me. I just ask you to do a few things for me in this life. And if you do those few things that I'm asking you to do in this life faithfully, I will abundantly reward you in eternity for it. Lord, have mercy. 
We are told, dear ones, in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, we are told there that we are laborers together with God. We are laborers together, not for God, but with God. In other words, dear ones, we serve a God who is at his very heart a worker. We serve a God who is at his very heart. He is a worker. We, we serve a God, dear ones, who is industrious. He is active. He is creative. He is productive. And because he has created us to be after his image and in his likeness, his expectation of us is to be like him in this area as well. We serve a God who is a worker. And because he is a worker, he expects us to be workers as well. We are laborers together with him. And so, dear ones, rather than seeing the Lord as giving to us greater responsibilities in this life, and, and, and seeing when he gives us responsibilities in this life, dear ones, rather than seeing the Lord as putting more on us than we can bear, a, a weight greater than we can carry, rather than seeing it that way, dear ones, you need to begin to see it as God giving you greater opportunity to gain reward in his kingdom. I'm giving you greater chance, greater opportunity to get greater rewards in my kingdom. A lot of times we want promotions on our jobs in this life. God says, I'm trying to give you an opportunity for a promotion. I'm trying to give that to you. I'm giving that to you every time I ask you to do something. I'm giving you an opportunity for a promotion. We turn them all down. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's too hard. It's too much. I can't do that. It's, I got this going on. I got that. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And God says, you're turning down your opportunities for promotion. But dear ones, secondly, notice that the Lord is rewarding us by giving to us even greater levels of responsibility for us to perform. That's the thing. That's the thing. Notice that God is rewarding you by giving you greater levels of responsibility for us to perform. And dear ones, he is not giving to us more time to sit around, to relax, to be idle and to do nothing. That's not what he's giving us. And so this point alone, dear ones, this point alone causes us and requires us to take a closer look at and begin to reevaluate our whole understanding of both our view and our perception of work. Amen. Okay. We need to begin to reevaluate our whole perception of what work is, what work is for, and what work is about. Amen. And we also need to begin to reevaluate our whole perception and our whole understanding of the purpose behind leisure and relaxation. We need to reevaluate our whole understanding and our whole perception behind the purpose of relaxation and leisure. Amen. You see, dear ones, work is not, I want everybody to hear what I'm saying. Work is not, was not, and has not ever been intended by God for us to view it as being some type of curse we have to bear. Amen. Work is never, that God has never intended that to be the, be the case. He never intended for work to be, the, for be, for us to view it as being a part of the curse. That is not it. 
As you look at the scriptures, dear ones, what, what, what God intends for us to look at work as, he, he intends for us to see work as being a blessing that he is giving to us because it helps us to reflect an aspect of his own character and his own nature who himself is a worker himself. Amen. God says, I gave you the work to reflect me. I didn't give you work to be a burden or a curse. I gave you work so it could, so you could better reflect who I am. Hold your feet. Let's all turn real quickly. Let's all turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Let me show you something. It's the book of, book of Ecclesiastes. I'm going to look at chapter 2, then I'm going to look at chapter 3. Ecclesiastes 2 and 24. Notice what we're told there. The wisdom writer says, There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. That's what the text says. His soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Now jump down chapter 3. Jump down to verse 12 and 13. He says, I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, it is the gift of God. Amen. The text says, enjoying the work that you do, enjoying the work and, 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 and enjoying being productive, wow. that's a gift that God is giving to us. Amen. And so there was the first image of God that we are given in the Bible in Genesis 1 verses 1 through 3. The first image of God that we're given in the word of God is the picture of somebody who is at work creating and producing something. The first picture of God that we're given is the picture of somebody who is actively busy and involved in the work of creating and producing something. And then one of the first things that, that God gives to the, to the newly formed man that he has created... The, one of the very first things that God gives to him is a job. Amen. Before he gave him a wife, yep. before he gave him children, he gave him a job. Amen. And all of this is taking place before sin has come into the world. Okay. And so work has never been intended by God for us to view it, to view it as a part of a curse. It, it never was. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. 
And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. We are also told in Genesis, the second chapter, verses one through three, that the role that relaxation and leisure was to have for us was to one. It was to be a type of temporary reward that we receive for all of the work that we were previously involved in. It's in the text. Genesis, the second chapter, verses one through three. For those that want to check it out, read it yourself. God intended for relaxation and leisure, one, to be a type of temporary reward that he gave to us for all of the work that we were previously involved in. And then two, it was to be a time of refreshment and recuperation for us that would help us, that would help to prepare us to then be able to go back and continue to work and continue to be productive. Amen. It was intended to be a time of recuperation and, and, and refreshment that would enable us to then go back to work and be productive. And so the whole issue of leisure and relaxation, I want everybody to hear me now. The whole issue of relaxation and leisure is not and was not ever intended by God for us to view it as some type of prolonged state or permanent style of living that at some point in time we would enter into. It was never intended by God to be that. Now, I know that rocks some of y'all's retirement plans. I know it just blows your retirement plans up because you was thinking, I'm going to retire and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to kick it back and it's going to be relaxing and leisure and all this stuff. God never intended that. God never intended that. It's not in the scriptures. You cannot find it in the scriptures. God never intended for the, the whole role of relaxation and leisure to be a type of permanent and prolonged state that you enter into. Amen. He always intended it for it to be something that we did that would help to restore us, refresh us, and prepare us to be able to go back and continue to do the work that he's asked us to do. And so, dear ones, and now, now you say, well, Pastor, you've you, you got to help me. You've got to help me understand that. I don't have to help you understand that. Dear ones, just go, just, just do a, you know, just go to Mr. Google. Go to Mr. Google, because Mr. Google knows a whole bunch of stuff. So, so go to Mr. Google and just type in, just type in, you know, something like, you know, you know what does, what does relax, or relaxing too much, the damages it can do to the human body? What does the damage of, of, of sitting down in prolonged, prolonged periods of time, what does the damage of lack of exercise do? What does the damage of sleeping too much do? What, what's the damage that it can do? Dear ones, study after study after study is showing you that the whole issue of you relaxing and leisuring too much, it will cause you to have more sickness, more disease, and you will die younger versus I was just watching the news just the other day. They had a race. They had a race, bro. It was a race. It was, it was a track, track meet. They had a race. Everybody in the race was at least, if they weren't 100 years old, they were like one to two years away from it. Everyone in the race. The woman that won the race, Lori, the woman that won the race was 103 years old. And that girl was booking. She was moving. She was just moving, just running down the road, just running. 
Dear ones, study after study after study shows that the people who have less disease, who have less sickness and live longer are those individuals who stay active and stay productive. Amen. You can look at what it says in the word of God or you can look at what it says in society. See it for yourself. And so, and so we're looking at this whole issue of work and leisure and relaxation. We're looking at it completely wrong. God intends for us to be workers because he is a worker. Amen. Let's go back to Matthew real quickly. Matthew 24. Notice what it says, verses 48 to 51. It says, but and if that evil servant say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, dear ones, there are several things that we want to take note of here. One thing is we want to notice that the evil servant that the Lord is now speaking of in verse 48 is the same person that previously was considered to be wise and faithful in verse 45. It's the same person. It's not a different person. It's the same person. Lord have mercy. Secondly, there was another thing to notice is that by the Lord using the phrase, but and if it denotes to us and denotes for us that a change has taken place Amen. in this person. And it lets us know that there was a change taking place in you is possible. You can go from being considered by the Lord to being a wise and faithful servant to being considered an evil servant. Amen. It is possible. For a change to take place. And the Lord tells us where the change takes place. Notice the text. He tells us where it is. He says, verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart. The change takes place in your heart. And, and, and dear ones, thirdly, thirdly, notice the statement that the person now begins to make in his heart is the statement, my Lord delays his coming. Look at the text. It says, it says, but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. He doesn't say my Lord is not coming. He's not denying the reality of the Lord's return. He's not saying my Lord is not coming. He says my Lord delays his coming. In, in other words, dear ones, he is not saying my Lord is not coming. And so he does not deny the reality that the Lord is going to return. The problem is he no longer sees it as something that is imminent. He no longer sees it as something that could happen at any moment. He no longer sees it as something that he needs to be prepared for and ready when it happens. He now sees it as something that is distant. It's far off. I got time to get ready for that. I got time to be prepared for that. If things ain't right in my life, I ain't got to worry about that today. I can deal with that. I got time to deal with that. Because the Lord hasn't come back. And he probably ain't going to come back for a while. And so I got time. Fourthly, dear ones, notice that the change in the attitude of the heart that this person now has. Notice the change in heart that he has has a corresponding effect in the change in his behavior and his conduct. Notice the text. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants 
and to eat and drink with the drunken. In other words, the change that this person has in his heart has an impact on a change that takes place in his behavior and in his conduct. Amen. So he, he, he now has a change that takes place. Instead of him being diligent concerning the responsibilities that had been given to him, he now starts yeah. to become lax in them. Yeah. Instead of being diligent in those responsibilities. We now start to get lax in them. When you first started, you were making sure your eyes were your eyes were dotted, your T's were crossed, you were doing everything that the Lord asked you to do. But now, you're lax in it. I'll get to it. I, I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I know the Lord told me to do that, but I, I, I'm working on it. I'll, I'll get there sooner or later. Pre, please pray for me. God ain't through with me yet. That's what we say. Instead of being care, instead of him caring for those that had been get, that he had been given responsibility over, instead of him caring for those people, he now begins to mistreat them yeah. and to abuse them. Yeah. Instead of him being responsible over what the master had entrusted to him, he now begins to overindulge in it and become excessive with it. Amen. And instead of him remaining aware that his master could return at any moment. He now begins to occupy his time with those individuals who themselves do not care and have no concern about the Lord's return. Amen. That's good. At one point in time, you were, you were mindful that the Lord was, could return at any moment. You were mindful. And you occupied your time with people that were mindful of that reality themselves. You spent time with them. You talked with them. You, you involved yourself with them. But as time has gone on, you now find yourself occupying your time and your, 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 your opportunity with people that really don't have any mind as to if the Lord's going to come back. Amen. And they're concerned about it. They, they ain't trying to do nothing about that. No, man, please. Just, just dismiss me with all that. Let's go have a drink. No, they're not. Please. Man, no, let's, 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 let's go have a smoke. Man, please, no, don't miss me with all that stuff, man. Let's, 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 go, let's go look at them ladies over there. We're occupying our time with people that have no concern over if the Lord is going to come back. Amen. And dear ones, fifthly, fifthly, notice what we are told that the master of the servant is going to do in verses 51 and 50, 50, 50 and 51. He says, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, dear ones, I ain't making this up. It's in your Bibles, too, because the way you're looking at me is like, wow, wow, I never saw it like that. It's in, it's in the Scripture. It's in the Scripture. It's in the text. Dear ones, now notice a couple things. His returning, he, he is returning in a day when he looks not for him and at a time that he is not aware of. Dear ones, that's because this servant has now taken on a mindset that he no longer has any concern for when the Lord's return happens. Amen. So in reality, that time could be any time. He has no concern over it. So the Lord could come back at any time. He ain't worried about it because he ain't thinking about it. Amen. And the, the scripture says that he's going to cut him asunder, which gives to us the picture of the master of this servant separating this person from his other servants who have been faithful and have remained faithful to do the work that had been assigned for them to do. Amen. This master is now separating this servant from the other servants, the ones that had been faithful and remained faithful to do the work. He's separating this person off Amen. from those individuals. 
And so we are told here that the master of this servant will appoint to this person his portion with the hypocrites. The text tells us that. He will appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Now, dear ones, it is here in Luke's, in Luke's uh, uh, version of this parable that we get a better understanding. So let's look back at Luke, the 12th chapter, real quickly, then I'll be done. Luke, the 12th chapter. And I'm going to read verses 46 to 48. So Luke 12, starting at verse 46, it says, The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.